The stories told in this radio series were drawn from a collaborative research study of alcohol-related problems in Uganda. The study focused on techniques Ugandans living in the suburbs of Kampala use to respond to cases of problem drinking. Given the relatively recent introduction of Western ideas of alcoholism and addiction in Uganda, most people sought help for their problems outside the formal medical system. They visited herbalists to buy herbal emetic therapies. They made offerings to the Lubali spirits in the shrines of Basamize. They prayed for deliverance in the Pentecostal and charismatic churches. This radio series is a collection of their stories. The stories told here are true as remembered by the people who shared them with the research team. The research team hopes that in sharing these stories with you, that you may come to learn about the wide range of techniques people use to resolve situations of problem drinking. My drinking started while I was one of the big schools in Jinja, Eastern Uganda. The school was surrounded by bars. In senior two, I started drinking as fun. The drinking escalated in senior three because of the introduction of teenage dances, which I could not feel fit to engage in when sober. The first drink made me vomit, but that never stopped me. My gang of friends were sons of Bakombo's soldiers. Although most of them were uh, older than me, they always wanted me to drink with them. Also coming from a well-off family, I always had money to buy the drinks. After the death of my father, my drinking grew more heavily. After senior four, I was transferred to another school. The new school was not strict, as strict, and therefore, my heavy drinking led to my failure to sit my final senior six examinations. My family became more concerned with my future. They then decided to take me back to Burundi, my home country. And there I joined a vocational technical school. Since technical schools treat students as mature people, I was free to go wherever and do whatever I liked. With man at my disposal, I could easily buy bottles of beer in the evenings and over the weekends, having a blast with my friends. Even with spending three years in Burundi, I failed to communicate properly in French. My sisters also realized that I didn't like living there, and so they decided that I should return to Uganda, and that was what they did. Upon return, I was enrolled in another technical school in southwestern Uganda, where I studied carpentry and joinery. On completion of this course, I found a well-paying job with Catholic Mission. With this new job, alcohol still caught up with me. That said, I did manage to invest some of the money in a plot of land with, that, uh, with uh, anticipation of someday constructing a house in it. And this was the point when I thought that if I get married, the drinking would subside. And this is what many people advised me to do. The year 1990 saw me getting married, and we made, immediately had a daughter. Our marriage never lasted long, 
because my drinking never stopped. And my wife always complained of it. She came from a staunch Muslim family which never tolerated alcohol. I ignored my wife's cries and pleas. Now alcohol had become my wife. My contract with the Catholic mission expired in 1997 and I came to Kampala. My relatives and in-laws tried to help me, but within me, I had not realized that I had a drinking problem. At one time, my in-laws gave me a fully furnished house with intentions of reconciling me with my wife and daughter, who were now obviously fed up with my unusual drinking. Still, alcohol never let me enjoy the newly found a fortune and my in-laws took me to their home village for work, leaving my wife in Kampala. Little did I know that my wife was planning to relocate to Europe with my daughter. When I later realized this, it beat me hard and my drinking escalated. My mother was pained by seeing what had become of me. She prayed and administered herbal medicine to me, but neither of these worked. In 2011, one of my sisters who had been living in the UK forcibly took me to a government-run rehabilitation center where I spent 90 days. On discharge, my other sister welcomed me home with a very cold beer and I immediately relapsed and continued drinking. Three years later, another sister came from Europe with two million shillings and asked me to choose between returning to rehab or starting a business of my own. I chose to return to the rehab on January 9th, 2014, and she had paid for me a private room for one month. Once there, I became more committed to treatment, and after the month ended in the private ward ended, I voluntarily transferred myself to the general ward where I stayed for two years. During the time in rehab, my wife came back from, for reconciliation, but unfortunately, we failed to reconcile. She left our daughter in Uganda and went back to Europe. Occasionally, my daughter would come to visit me at the rehab and emotionally asking me, that, Daddy, why? This improved my resolve towards recovery. Upon discharge from hospital, my relatives neither believed nor trusted me, despite the long period that I had spent in the rehab and my commitment to sobriety. My daughter, now a law student, occasionally visits me. I have also continued participating in the 12-step best alcoholic anonymous program held each week in a church basement in Kampala. This was introduced to me while in rehab by alcoholics in recovery who visited every weekend to offer social support by sharing recovery message. I commend the support of this group of fellow alcoholics for my recovery. Through this group, I acquired a sponsor who has helped me to work through the steps and learn to trust in the higher power. Having come to view alcoholism as a family disease, I wish my family friends would attend alcohol anonymous groups 
whether you could learn more. I feel that my family members treat me as though they are superior to me, and this has continued to affect our relationships. I now rent a small room with limited support from my family. I am finding it hard to find a job. I have a very limited social network, and I think that most of my friends out of recovery are, are dangerous. A few people in AA have offered me occasional work, but they may only be one or two of these in a year, and they might only last for a week or two. I feel that I'm aging. And this makes construction work difficult to come by. A year ago, in addition to my renovation work, I started volunteering with the Alcoholics Anonymous. Twice a week, I walk long distances to lead meetings and also visit several rehabilitation centers to offer one-on-one -on -one recovery counseling. For this, I am not paid, but sometimes I receive small tips. I have learned a lot from AA and how to live in sobriety, how to relate to people, and how to embrace lifestyle challenges. Occasionally, I go out with my friends from AA to socialize for fun. Many people wonder and ask how we can dance and have fun without any alcohol, but we really do. I sometimes see the friends with whom I used to drink but I find that I get irritated uh, by them after 10 or 15 minutes together. A few have followed my example and have quit alcohol too, but others run when they see me because they don't want to hear me talk about AA and the goodness of sober living. At my rented single room in one of Kampala's suburbs, I do my laundry, cook, and hope that God will bring me a wife one day. On Saturday mornings, I walk to rehabilitation centers to do outreach work. On Sundays, I usually visit nephews while I wait for the weekend, weekdays to fall back in my routine. While I don't know what my future holds, I will continue to follow the lead of my higher power, and I am deeply grateful that I now have strength to avoid drinking and the problems of alcohol brought in my life. The study was carried out by Dr. China Shaz, George Mpanga, and Sarah Namirembe, and was funded by the University of Virginia, the National Science Foundation of the United States, and approved by the Uganda National Council for Science and Technology. In accordance with the requirements of the Uganda National Council for Science and Technology, they have changed the names of the people involved as well as places and other identifying details. <laughs>